And it's never too late to change direction. You've got to follow what you are cut out for. Welcome to your personal branding podcast with Bernard Kelvin Clive, your number one career and business podcast in Ghana, bringing you expert interviews and insights into personal branding, personal development, and publishing. Now, here's your host, Bernard Kelvin Clive. Right, welcome to another edition of your personal development section of the podcast. And I'm excited to have a great thinker of the nation, Ghana. And uh, most people describe him as a man of wisdom, as I would say. Mari Kofigan, you're welcome to the podcast show. Thank you, Ben. But in your own words, uh, who are you and how did you get there? <laughs> um, I'm just an ordinary person like any of uh any other person listening to this podcast, um, I got here by two ways, by God and by study, really. So um, if I can get here, everybody else can. Um, and I think that's the best definition of uh, why, how I've got. Today's subject of discussion, we're looking at the five big questions every student or teacher student need to ask or know before leaving school, and we we'll call it the five Bs. We want to discuss. So, what are these questions? I'm eager to know. I wish I was a student then, but now maybe I can still learn from that. So, let's see. What are the five big questions that we must? Know? Right. The first question is, who owns your knowledge, yourself or someone else? Now, you know, before I even finish asking this question, most have chuckled away and said, "Me, of course, I own my knowledge." But, but here's the catch. What you do with the knowledge you have received in your respective universities or tertiary institutions or technical institutions when you graduate will, will determine if you went through those one, two, or three, or four hard years of acquiring knowledge for yourself or for someone else. Now, if you spend your whole life working for someone else and you get paid in the process, then it is the people you work for who actually own your knowledge. Now, unless, of course, you are sharing in the profits that your your mind or your work or your knowledge generates, then we'll say that the people who have employed you actually own your knowledge. Now, your brain may be sitting in your head, but the truth is that the knowledge it is generated and the knowledge that studied over the years, over your three or four or five years of university, is actually owned by somebody. And, and that's the basic truth. So... One of the things you need to get to, the point you need to get to before you leave school is determining whether you are studying for yourself or you are studying so somebody else can own your knowledge after you leave school. And the choice is always going to be yours. Whether you spend all these four years or you spent all these three or five years so that in the end, somebody can own your knowledge. So that is the question. Who owns your knowledge? And you need to settle that within yourself before you leave school. Wow. So that before you leave school, you need to know that whether your five, four, or eight years in school is going to be owned by a company, someone who's going to dictate you how your life That's should right. be. That's right. That's right. I think we we uh, we tend to leave school and think, I've got knowledge, I'm just working for somebody. But looking at it critically, um, if you are using your knowledge as an employee and it's bringing somebody, say, a thousand Ghana cities as a result of your use of knowledge and you get paid a hundred Ghana cities, 
then let's face the truth. The truth is that you don't own your knowledge. Because if you own your knowledge, then you should be able to benefit from it fully what it's able to generate. And if you're not doing that, then the truth is that whoever is benefiting from your knowledge more actually owns your knowledge. You can keep your brain, your mind, Mm -hmm. but your knowledge is not yours. So the catch thing is whoever benefits more from your knowledge or what you've learned owns your knowledge. That's absolutely correct. Okay, so after settling with this question and understand that, okay, now I, as a student, I don't want anyone to own my knowledge or even if I'm, I'm being employed, I want to make the most of it to get more out of it. What will be the action that I need to take? Well, I think that takes us to our next question, which mm-hmm. is, I've titled, what is your dream and what is the plan? Mm-hmm. What is your dream and what is the plan? I wrote a book which... Uh, the original version was titled Diamonds in Eden. Um, um, and in that book, I said something. I said, I gave a scenario, okay? And in that scenario, I said, there's two brothers who are traveling. One is going for a wedding in uh, the Sahara Desert, which is, you know, very hot and very... We know what a Sahara Desert feels like. And then one is going for... Also going to a wedding... In Iceland, which is just full of ice and cold and snow. Now, what I, the comparison I made was this. Because of the different places they are going to, they both have to do things differently. I mean, even basic things. Now, if you take, for example, the clothes that they wear, the, the gentleman who is going to the Sahara Desert would prefer to wear something very light because of the heat. Whereas the person going to Iceland, for example, would have to wear something very uh, heavy, you know, uh, layers and layers of sweaters and jumpers in order to keep warm. Now, even as basic as the kind of food they eat, you know, whereas the gentleman who is going to Iceland would would need to eat heat-generating food, the other person would have to eat a lot of food that has a lot of uh, uh, ability to retain a lot of liquid or fluid. Because you need that in the heat. So the point I'm trying to make is this. If you know what your dream is, if you know what your destination is, then you know exactly what to do with your knowledge. If you know where your destination is, then you know exactly what kind of friends to gather around you. If you know where your destination is, then you know exactly what your course of study should be. Let's face it. A lot of people in university or in school generally have taken up courses that they are doing not because they've thought out and felt to themselves, this is where my life is heading and if I do this course, it will take me there. A lot of people are doing the courses they are doing because that is what daddy said you should do or that is what mommy said you should do or that is what uncle did and it's become wealthy or that is what my whole family does everybody is an engineer so i ought to be an engineer i've been through that myself okay but as students um don't think that because you're in school it's too late i have to change my course of study from chemistry which i was offered to study accounting which i love doing and to and to study literature which i am a writer of now so we need to understand where we're going because it changes every single thing it changes the kind of books you read it changes the kind of friends you gather around you it changes pretty much everything really um 
Um, and if we don't know that, then we, we go through all of university um, and come out and feel that we've got it all sorted, only to get into a job and realize that we're very, very miserable. Okay. Um, I, 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 I want to give another example, okay, um, mm-hmm. of this. I, like I said earlier, I started off studying uh, chemistry, pure chemistry. Um, I'm, I'm not saying I was bad in science. I was bad in science. I chose science because I felt, listen, all the men in my family were engineers. My dad was a, a building technologist. My uncle was a road engineer, very popularly known in the U.S. My All my other uncles were, you know, engineers and all that. And I said to myself, well, I can't, I can't do otherwise. So I chose science. I was good with maths. I was good with science. But the truth is, it wasn't my best placed uh, line of uh, of direction. So at some point, I, I got to the realization that hey, I need to change courses, and that is when I began to blossom. Uh, and I'm and I'm mm-hmm. happy I made that change of direction. And it's never too late to change direction. You've got to follow what you are cut out for. One of the most asked questions, especially or at conferences, they ask that I want to to do maybe science or I want to study architecture, but my parents are, are paying my fees. They ask me to study literature. What do I do? A lot of time I get that question. So how do we help people in that nature? You are doing medicine, but you know you are hardwired for architecture. What do you do? You know parents are paying your fees. So when one finds himself in that uh, situation, what is the best way out? Um, I think many, you see, I think the thing with parents, um, I, I'm a parent now, and suddenly my, my father helped me in that process. I think the thing with mm-hmm. parents is if a parent says to you, you have to do A, B, C, and you know that is not what is in you to do, okay, Parents really, what they're really looking for is a mature person who can sit in front of them and be able to digest or be able to convince them why they feel that their money would not be best invested if they did what the parents are insisting they do. I mean, when this thing happened, there was quite a bit of division in my family, for example. Um, And I sat my dad down and said to him, listen, I can do the science because... I passed it and I've been called into university. I can do the science. I don't have a problem with doing the science. The truth is that if you invested your money in me doing the science, I will not turn out well because I know myself. This is not what I am cut out for. This is not what my blood feels. You know, this is not what I know I can be happy doing. You know, um, and it takes some bit of maturity. Um, I think a lot of times, People or students or uh, ad- young adults get very intimidated when their parents say you have to do this, and all they say is, "Okay." They don't they don't talk back. No, you don't have to talk back rudely, but you need to make it clear, you know, what you are cut out for. And if you can talk to them in that mature manner, um, most parents will listen. Because I tell you what, one big question you have to ask parents is this: If I do the course you want me to do and I grow up and find a job and my life turns out miserable, okay, you need to ask your parents, are they willing and happy to take responsibility for your misery? Mm. And that's wisdom. Not a lot of parents would like to do that. And therefore, they'll tell you, well, if this is what you feel will make you happy, 
then go for it. We'll support you. And that's exactly what my father did. No parents like to take responsibility for the misery or the unhappiness of their children. So you need to ask them, if I don't do what I am why for, and I do what you say I should do, and I find myself unhappy in life, will you take responsibility for my unhappiness? Hmm. Deep That's question. a deep question. I don't think any parent would like to answer that question. <laughs> and we need to know who owns our knowledge, whether it's going to be someone else or we take responsibility for our knowledge. And the second uh, twin one is need to know uh, what is our dream and yeah. our plan. Our dream and our plan. So what are the ten most important questions to ask ourselves before? Well, you've already mentioned it, actually. The ten most important question to ask yourself is, how have you been wired? Oh. How have you been wired? Mm. I I come from a family where you know this. Uh, let me not even go there. Um, <laughs> everybody is wired a certain way, okay. Um, there are some people who are just they can think three dimensionally. Their mind can imagine things three dimensionally. For example, so. People like that can easily become engineers and builders because their mind is wired that way. There are some people, our minds can only think in two dimensions. Okay? There are some people who are naturally just good with words. Okay? Now, you can't expect, you need to know how you're wired. You need to know the things that come to you naturally. You need to know the things that people normally call you up and say, wow, you really do this so easily. Okay, and those are all little, little signs of how you're wired. You need to know the things that everybody struggles to do, but when you do it, you do it so easily and without, with the least effort possible. Okay, um, and, and until you know how you're wired, you, you see, let me give you an example. If you take a Hoover machine, a, a, a carpet sweeping machine, a Hoover, for example, and you take a hair dryer that women use. The components of the Hoover, the components of the hair dryer are all the same. Everything in them is the same. They could even be manufactured by the same company. But yet, if you notice, one operates by sucking and the other operates by blowing. Okay? Mm -hmm. The only reason why they have the same components produced by the same company but operate in different ways is simply as a result of how each of them was wired. I think this will save a lot of people thinking and the, the exercise you gave or what you asked that you should ask at least five people what they think you are so good at and then you can look at that to also help yourself find out how you are wired to be. Hmm, I think these are questions most people have not really been talked through, not even through tertiary level but even in most adults or I've not really quite think through some of these questions right. themselves. Right. So what is the fourth one? The fourth one is what do you know? I mean, we've heard of the term garbage in, garbage out. Garbage out. And what do you know is the question. I'm not talking about what do you know in terms of your exam questions that are coming up or your course of study, but um, what do you know? You know, what do you know? And let me start by saying this. Several years ago, right, when my father and our fathers, for example, went through school, okay, the knowledge they acquired from school was enough to last them through their career for a lifetime. 
today information and knowledge is increasing is being poured out at an exponential pace there are thousands and i mean millions of publications millions of research findings that are coming out every single day there are thousands and hundreds of thousands and millions of findings that are coming out from innovations every single day and the point i'm driving at is this and this is a hard fact to swallow Bernard. and and here is the point if you come out of school or university or tertiary institution for about a year and you haven't learned anything else and you haven't added anything else new to yourself i can guarantee you the knowledge you acquired from university last year has already expired <laughs> it's already expired because at the rate at which research is happening at the rate at which information is becoming freely available if you're not careful actually by the time a lecturer puts his notes down and say bye bye to the class what he's just taught you is no more relevant <laughs> okay. so by the time you leave school spend another two years one year or six months looking for a job by the time you actually get into the job everything you've learned is probably a cake if you're lucky you will get on the job and you get taught everything afresh so the point i'm making is this whilst you're in tertiary institution okay or whilst you're in school you see school is just like a, a pregnant woman you are that baby in that institution that institution is the mother's belly is the womb where you get nurtured and where you get fed with nutrients and and everything you you've been spoon fed at some point that mother is going to deliver that baby that baby is going to be born it now has to take care of itself it now has to feed itself it now has to breathe air itself it now has to digest food itself and if in that process of being formed in the womb if you don't develop properly in school now if you don't form certain habits for example the habit of not only accepting the notes that your lecturer gives you but using the internet to research and learn new things additional things to what your lecturer teaches you if you don't form that habit as i've compared you to the baby in the mother's womb when you get born you'll be unable to digest food properly because your digestive system was not formed properly in the womb mm -hmm. okay so students need to start learning that listen this the the ideas my lecturer is giving me the notes that they are giving me is the barest minimal i have to go on the internet there's free information harvard school is there they have a whole database of information related to different courses there are many brilliant universities that make information freely available on their websites you need to go on the web on the internet look for information you need to be hungry for information because the truth is when you come out there those who succeed in the world we live in now are those who always have information at their hands so all i'm saying to students is that information from your lecturer is never going to be enough in the new world we're living in you need to develop an approach uh, um, 
you need to develop a routine of reading. You need to develop an ability to be able to absorb new information on a regular basis. I'll leave that one there. <laughs> oh. <laughs> this point is loaded. Um, it's, it's, it's like constantly searching for information. And be able to read anything at all. No information is a waste. Read anything and everything. <laughs> Tough one there. The fifth, the fifth big, big one, one is know. quite simple. Is what do you think about? What do you think about? What do I think about? And here's what I want to say. The truth is, most of us only think when we have a need. Repeat that. Again. Most of us only think. I mean, the act of actually sitting down to think. Most of us only sit down and think when we have a need. Most of us only sit down to think when there is a problem to be solved. Most of us only think when we are in fear of something. Those are the three main reasons why people think 90% of the time. Now, the people who succeed in the world are people who are thinking solutions when even there are no problems. They are people who sit down consciously and ask themselves, how can I solve this problem or that problem or all these problems? When even the people who having those problems have not even considered what the problem is. So they find, they think and find solutions before people even start thinking that there was a problem. Now, let me give you an example. Mike Zuckerberg developed Facebook, okay? Now, follow me here. The internet was already in existence. The need for human beings to socialize was already in existence. It wasn't a new thing. People always need to socialize. That's just human beings. We were all using the internet back then. It wasn't a new thing either, okay? What Mike Zuckerberg really did was to say to himself, hold on, a lot of people are getting onto the internet. That's one. People would always have a need to socialize. That's two. How can I put the two together? And he came up with Facebook. The internet he's using to run Facebook, the platform he's using to run Facebook is not new. It's always been there. The need he is satisfying, which is the human need to socialize, is not new. He didn't create that need. It's always been there. He just thought about how to put the two together and bingo. Billions of people are on Facebook now. And as a result, he solved a human problem that we are all buying into. The same thing applies to anything. Look, just look around. Anything you have around you, anything you see around you, the mobile phone, Everything around you is a product of somebody's thinking. And the way to think is this. Ask yourself, what are the problems around me? And how can it be solved? If I had all the money in the world to solve it, how would I solve it? And that's the trick. I, I, this is what I, I suggest to those that I mentor. I say to them, listen. One, you should have a notebook, a small notebook that you carry with you because you should always be looking around and seeing where things are going wrong and asking yourself, how can that be solved? Oh. 
Secondly, you should, I make time and I advise people to do the same. I make time every single day. I wake up every single day at 3 a.m. because that's when my brain functions well. I wake up every day at 3 a.m. I have a seat at home that I sit in and I just think. Mm. I'm not thinking because there's a problem. I'm not thinking because there's an issue to solve. (laughs) I'm thinking because I want to solve problems. And that is how the world's biggest empires have been built see a problem that you feel is even a problem to you yourself and you can find a solution to it chances are that Bernard that there are other millions of people who are facing the same problem and they'll be willing to buy your solution from you and that is how empires are built so everything around you is a result of somebody asking themselves how can we find a solution to this? And the first place I think we should all start to find solutions to problems is to ask ourselves, what is it that irritates me the most? Because the thing that irritates you the most, whether it's the way the lady around the corner sells the watch, the, maybe the packaging, you don't like the packaging, okay, develop a packaging. It may be anything around you. If you don't like it, and you you hate it with the passion, then it is because there's something in you that wants to find a solution. Follow your instincts and find a solution. When you find it, chances are that there are a million other people out there who would like to use that solution. And there you go. You started your empire. That's That's business. Wow, so these are the five the questions you need to ask yourself before. I, I think even in life, uh, let me put it so, and, and this particular uh, situation, because there are deep questions that one needs to really think through and, and constantly remind or know that you'll be on track. So uh, to go through that quickly, one, you mentioned uh, who owns yes, your knowledge, that's correct. right? And then what is your dream and that's your right. plan? Then we went on to how have you been yes. wired? And then what do That's you correct. know? And lastly, what do you think about? This sells me thinking now. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Great. So now to run up, I, w- I want to ask, what would be your billion dollar advice to the world out there at this moment? Think. <laughs> oh, think. think. Always think. Once you get into the habit of thinking, then it's easy life becomes easy because you're always walking around and solutions you see we think there are no solutions around because we haven't gotten into the habit of thinking when you get into the habit Mm. of thinking you realize that your mind is open to be looking for solutions and then you start realizing that there actually are solutions all around i think Sometime later, we'll do another episode of this on how to think creatively. And then you see that there are ways that you can actually think creatively, consistently all the time. So you're also always looking for solutions. And and it's about how your mind has been programmed to think. So the big advice I'll give to anybody or everybody is find time every day and think. Great. Thank you so much, Marek Kofigan. I'll find time and think before I go to bed. <laughs> Great. How can one connect with you? Where can one connect and access to the 
books and you have another materials that we can get connected um to. my books are all on amazon um sadly they're all only on amazon now um the the easiest way to get in touch with me is to link me up on facebook i'm on facebook as marik kofi gan g-a-n-e marik is spelled m-a-r-r-i-c-k-e um, and all my books are on Amazon, Amazon.com and Amazon.co.uk uh, and all the other uh, Amazon platforms. Uh, my books are on Kindle as well. So, um, yeah, feel free to uh, enjoy my reading. Um, but on a daily basis, you can definitely follow me on Facebook. Okay, thank you. I'll link this app for people to connect with you. I'm grateful for your time and for the wisdom shared. And it's true, you're a man of wisdom. Visit Amazon.com get access to all my 15 plus books today. I recommend the latest book on personal branding that is Rebrand, The Ultimate Guide to Personal Branding. Get one today and grab a copy for someone else. That is Rebrand. The best is yours.